How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, joining you for the next hour along with Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad is a contributor to The Hill in Washington, D.C., and to MyTiller.com, the social media site for politics. He's also a lecturer in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. You can follow him on Twitter, which I would highly recommend. His handle is at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. If you'd like to follow me, you can do so. It's uh, at Mark J. Grimaldi. That's M-A-R-K-J-G-R. I-M-A-L-D-I. We're also uh, live streaming this on Periscope, uh, which you can check out on my Twitter account. And uh, we're going to be talking about a number of different political topics with uh, Brad today. You're also always welcome to join us at any time at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. As you heard, Leslie sounding a little better uh, in the last hour with uh, the interview she conducted. Still uh, trying to get some rest and uh, fully recover from uh, that nasty flu that she had. So in the meantime, uh, Brad and I are going to uh, uh, be very fortunate to uh, hold down the fort and uh, join you guys. So, uh, Brad, thanks for joining us again today. It's uh, been really uh, nice being able to talk with you every day this week and uh, keep up uh, on the day's news with, obviously, uh, the busiest week in politics uh, with less than a week now till the election. Well, there's lots to talk about, Mark, so we uh, the more time, the merrier. Exactly. So um, a very disturbing story I want to start right off the bat with. Um, overnight, uh, it looks like, uh, a um, well, basically, uh, so a black, a historically black church was burned and vandalized with uh, a spray painted message "Vote Trump" uh, last night. The FBI has opened a civil rights investigation of a fire that heavily damaged a black church uh, where someone wrote "Vote Trump." Uh, it, uh, the heavily um, the heavily damaged church is a 200-member Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church in Greenville, Mississippi, where Mayor Eric Simmons on Wednesday uh, called it a heinous, hateful, cowardly act. Quote, 
We consider it a hate crime because of the political message which we believe was intended to interfere with worship and intimidate voters. This act is a direct assault on people's right to freely worship. The mayor said the FBI and the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation are assisting the investigation in the Mississippi River City, where about 78% of the 32,100 residents are African American. Uh, The FBI spokesman... uh, Talking about the case, Brett Carr said in an email, quote, the FBI Jackson Division is aware of the situation in Greenville, and we are working with our local, state, and federal law enforcement partners to determine if any civil rights crimes were committed. He didn't comment on whether it was being investigated as a possible hate crime. Quote, at this point, it is too early in the investigation to determine what type of crime this could be, he said. Uh, The governor, a Republican who has been seen campaigning for his presidential nominee, Donald Trump, said, quote, we expect a suspect will be identified and brought to justice. Uh, Bryant's statement said, quote, first, anyone who burns a place of worship will answer to Almighty God for this crime against people of faith, but they should also answer to man's law. U.S. Representative Bernie Thompson, a Democrat whose district includes Greenville, said the fire and graffiti, quote, harkens back to a much darker day in Mississippi. The political message of the vandalism is obviously to attempt to sway public opinion regarding the upcoming election, he wrote in an emailed statement. I encourage all citizens not to be deterred by this cowardly act and exercise your right to vote at the ballot box. Fire Chief Reuben Brown said water from the hoses and heat from the fire also damaged the church's kitchen and pastor's study. It was put out within 12 minutes but took an hour and a half to extinguish hotspots. He said arson investigators were also at the scene today collecting evidence. Brown said the cause remains under investigation. Uh, the police chief, Delando Wilson, said, quote, we don't have any suspect at the time, but we are possibly talking to a person of interest. The mayor said we will not rest until the culprit is found and fully prosecuted. The congregation has existed for 111 years and will rebuild on the same site, said Pastor Caroline Hudson. Quote, the act that has happened has left our hearts broken, but we are stronger together, Hudson said. We are not angry, but our hearts are broken. Bishop Clarence Green called the fire troubling. He said that in his 21 years as a bishop, the church had never been vandalized. Quote, the last time someone was at the church was Tuesday around 3, Green said. Asked where the church members will meet Sunday, Green said. We'll have to work on that. Brad, obviously, you know, we don't know who did this yet or what their motive was, but if you know, you can uh, look at what was done. It was a historically African-American church that was vandalized, and then it was spray-painted with the graffiti of the words, vote Trump. So we don't know, you know, obviously, if this person did this to intimidate other voters or to attack people who he saw as potentially voting against Trump, or he or she, I should say. It's it's very early in this point, but obviously with the, the history of violence against African-Americans uh, throughout this country, especially in Mississippi, uh, it's very disturbing that this happens any time, but the fact that it's happening in 2006 um, is, is really scary. scary. Uh, I have a new slogan uh, for the Trump campaign. Um, if you believe in government by mob violence, vote Trump. Uh, this is getting out of hand. Uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, some of Trump supporters uh, are very violent, and this isn't the first time uh, something like this happened. Um, and I fear it won't be the last time. Uh, and it seems to me what I haven't heard from Donald Trump uh, is a strong call to his supporters is that what they're doing is illegal uh, and hurts uh, him uh, more than it does anybody else. I'd like to hear Trump, you know, get up on a stage, I guess he's in Florida today, and, you know, issue a strong commendation of this uh, 
then I fear we're not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, if you recall, I I believe it was in North Carolina, there was a Republican office that was uh, vandalized. Uh, A window was uh, broken, and there was a message that uh, was, I can't remember exactly what the message was, but it was essentially um, against Trump. And right away, Hillary Clinton and her campaign uh, condemned it. uh, Democrats actually helped uh, raise money to repair the office. Um, Even the head of the uh, Republican Party, uh, committee there in North Carolina uh, thanked Hillary Clinton for her words. So you saw a much different reaction when there was. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that funding thing is is a good point. Uh, it was estimated uh, that they would need forty thousand dollars to fix the damage, uh, and so uh, Democrats began um, a internet fundraising campaign, and they eventually raised a hundred thousand uh, dollars to. Again, um, I'm hoping in the, I haven't heard any of his speeches today, uh, but I certainly hoped, although I don't think they did, can uh, include a strong combination of violence by his supporters. You know, the, the speaking of what you did, Brad, to that same point of mob rule, um, you know, we've seen the way he's acted towards people at his rallies that he thought didn't agree with him. I mean, he even had an African-American supporter thrown out last week that turned out to be one of his supporters um, after people started uh, thinking that there was, I don't know, that the guy didn't support Trump. I guess he wanted to hand Trump a message of support, and uh, people thought he was a protester and got him kicked out of the rally. Um, And then just today... um, we have uh, numerous media figures rushing to the defense of MSNBC's Katie Turr after she was individually targeted by Donald Trump's ire during a rally um, during a rally today in Florida, which included some of Trump's usual criticisms about how the media is totally unfair and has chosen Hillary Clinton to be president. According to him, uh, he decided after that to call out one particular Trump campaign reporter by name. Uh, that was Katie Turr. He he accused her of not reporting how large the size of his rallies were, and people in the crowd uh, started um, verbally attacking her. Yeah. One previous- and, you know, it's always interesting to note when Trump attacks the press, it's usually a female reporter, and in one case several months ago, it was a reporter who was disabled. Uh, you know, it's a classic definition of a bully. Uh, you pick on someone, uh, you incite your crowd against that person, uh, and it's a classic definition of a bully. And I think it's interesting that he mostly picks on female reporters, uh, which I think should send a message about his attitude towards women. Um, we did see a lot of support for uh, Katie Turr and the um, basically the quality of reporting that she's done from her colleagues uh, in the media. You had John Harwood of CNBC. Uh, tw- these are tweets uh, from Harwood. For the record, Katie Turr is a badass reporter. You had Steve Kopak uh, tweeted out fact check 100% correct about uh, uh, John Harwood's tweet, and then you had Andrea Mitchell, a uh, very you know well-respected and well-known reporter, who said Katie Turr has been doing stellar reporting since day one uh, in Decision 2016. Let's stop beating up on the media. Uh, you had Chris Eliza, a well-known reporter of the Washington Post, saying, do me a favor, follow Katie Turr to show her that doing your job and doing it well matters more than bullying. Uh, Benji Sarlin 
uh, tweeted out, it's interesting how much he, Trump, enjoys regularly directing an angry crowd of thousands at individual people in the room, which goes back to your point about kind of running an angry mob, Brad. Uh, you had Tony Rahm saying this is disgusting behavior. Holly Bailey of Yahoo News, who's actually been on the show, tweeted out, she was there. She said, Trump calls out Katie Turr from the stage in the middle of a uh, rift bashing media and now a guy behind me is just endlessly taunting her um and then also daniel dale brought up a reporter he uh, daniel dale said this is dangerous calling out an individual reporter katie turr once needed secret service protection to leave a rally after yeah, trump this did this really to her scary stuff because remember you're talking about a crowd of you know i don't know how large this crowd is but it's several thousand people at best and all of a sudden trump says something uh about Katie Tour, and all of a sudden she's standing there, and she's got ten thousand people uh, yelling and jeering at her. And again, classic bully behavior. Brad, I want to uh, comment on President Obama, who is on the stump for Clinton today, and some comments that he made. So we're going to do that after the break. If you'd like to uh, join Brad Bannon or myself, you can do so at eight 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 six Leslie. That's eight 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 six five three seven five four three. This is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, and we'll be right back with President Obama's comments today uh, regarding Secretary Clinton after this quick commercial break. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE. Okay, but hold on a second. I'm still focused on business. Not business, business. This choice actually is pretty clear because the guy that the Republicans nominated, even though a bunch of them knew they shouldn't nominate him, the guy they nominated who many of the Republicans he was running against said was a con artist and a know-nothing and wasn't qualified to hold this office, this guy is temperamentally unfit to be commander-in-chief, and he is not equipped to be president. And that was President Obama today in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, calling out Donald Trump, uh, but not using uh, his name, which he's done before, which uh, I think kind of even adds more to it um, and kind of... I think making some strong points, which obviously we've heard in this campaign, but reinforcing that to uh, voters in uh, North Carolina. If you would like to uh, join us, uh, we're going to go to calls in just a second. But, Brad, I wanted to get your uh, reaction to uh, President Obama in just a minute. But first, I wanted to share... Um, a piece that uh, reports on President Obama when he spoke in Orlando, uh, Florida. Uh, today, he made a uh, President Obama said that Hillary Clinton made him a better president, but didn't take credit for it as the as uh, the outgoing president uh, made a strong pitch for the Democratic nominee for having taken some tough decisions and working, quote, tirelessly as his former secretary of state, quote, her efforts are not always flashy and they're not always appreciated here at home, but she made me a better president and she didn't ask for credit, Obama said, as he hit the ground for a campaign blitz in key battleground states ahead of the general election. Uh, Clinton will be a commander in chief who would defeat ISIS, he said, adding she will make a smart and steady U.S. president 
though not without her share of mistakes. Quote, I saw her as my Secretary of State. I saw her in the Situation Room making the argument to go after Osama bin Laden, even though it was ris- risky. Tirelessly circling the globe as Secretary of State, respected around the world, he told his supporters at an election rally his first week in the last of the presidential campaigning in the key battleground state of Ohio when he said that. Obama said when Clinton was challenged, she does not, quote, make things up on the spot. She doesn't double down on lies that are obviously are lies because there's video, he said in Columbus in an apparent reference to some videos of Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump that have resurfaced. Quote, she actually understands the world. She understands the challenges we face. And when things don't go her way, she doesn't whine or complain or blame others or say everything is rigged, he said amidst laughter. Obama contrasted Trump's complaints of rigged polls to the 69-year-old former Secretary of State who takes criticism in her stride and works towards bouncing back better quote she doesn't say the polls are great when the polls are in her favor and when they don't go in her favor the polls stink and nobody knows what they're talking about she just works harder and she comes back better he said adding that she has concrete plans to do what she promises quote she's thought it through and she values hard work and she respects working americans and she'll be a commander-in-chief who finishes the job of defeating isil and she will be a smart and steady president of the united states Has she made mistakes? Of course. So have I. There's nobody in the public arena over the course of 30 years that doesn't make some. But she is a fundamentally good and decent person who knows what she's doing and will be an outstanding president. He added, there's a reason why we haven't had a woman president before. And I think that sometimes we're kind of trying to get over the hump. We have to ask ourselves as men, because I hope my daughters are going to be able to achieve anything they want to achieve. And I know that my wife is not just my equal, but my superior. Quote, I'm just being honest. I want you to think about it, because... She, Clinton, is so much better qualified than the other guy. She has conducted herself so much better in public life than the other guy that this notion that somehow, oh, you know, this is hard to choose, it shouldn't be. Brad, what did you think about the president's words uh, today and this week? Yeah, uh, you know, there's something the president said in his speech and the audio you played, which I think is very important. Uh, the president says at one point uh, that the other guy uh, is doesn't have the temperament and is not equipped uh, to be commander-in-chief. And that's really the bottom line uh, for Hillary Clinton's campaign. You know, she, she has clear negatives on some things. But when you ask Americans which of these two candidates has the temperament and qualifications to be an effective commander-in-chief, Hillary Clinton probably has about a two-to-one advantage over Trump uh, uh, in national polls, and that's the message they're trying to drive home. Brad, when we come back from this break, uh, we're going to go to our calls, and then after that I want to uh, eventually get to what you just referred to, which are the latest uh, polls, both national polls and uh, some battleground state polls, some uh, interesting information to pour over, which I'm sure uh, you already have, but we'll uh, get to our audience with that, get their takes on the stories we've uh, just referenced, as well as uh, some of these national and uh, battleground state polls. So if you'd like to join us, you can do so at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. Go into your calls right after this break. This is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall with you for the next half hour. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888-6-LESLIE.
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, going right to your calls as promised. First, we uh, start things off with Paul in Washington. Paul, I know uh, we didn't get to you, uh, I think it was yesterday, so I'm happy we're able to get to you now. Uh, thanks for joining us, and go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, you guys uh, brushing up on your Russian? Oh, <laughs> That's a good point, because uh, if Donald Trump wins, I think we're going to become uh, a new province of Russia, uh, probably after they take off, take over the rest of the Ukraine. Oh, you didn't hear, Brad? They hadn't done that yet, according to Trump. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right, Mark. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Right, but we're all going to be getting a big raise. We'll be, making, we'll be making hundreds of thousands, if not millions, only we'll be being paid in rubles. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No kidding, Paul. Well, you know, here's the thing. I think there is a faction of people in this country, uh, perhaps 15% of the people in this country, who uh, believe or feel that it's time to take over by force. Uh, they've gone beyond obstruction. Obstruction is, it didn't work. They were willing to, to uh, live with Republican obstructionism, and the kind of pandering that, that, but see, the pandering has never panned out for them. In other words, they're thinking, well, if, we, if the obstruction would have worked, why do we have gay marriage? Why do we still have abortion? Why do we have a black president? So obstruction obviously isn't working, so we need to get pushy. And I have a sense, Brad, that this, there's a bit of Bolshevism here. Well, yeah, you know, we were talking about it earlier in the hour. Uh, We're talking about mob violence here. And, you know, they're, you know, you know, black church uh, being burned, you know, burned down yesterday. Uh, this is mob violence. And the, the thing, I have two problems with it. One is you rarely ever see, I haven't heard any of Trump's speeches today, but I hope to God in one of them, he strongly condemned uh, his supporters for burning down that black church in Mississippi. I'm guessing he didn't, but that's what he should be doing. And you're, the other thing that really concerns me, let's say Hillary Clinton wins this election. I fear there's going to be a lot of violence, because I think you're right, there are maybe 10 or 15 percent of people out there who, who uh, you know, hell-bent uh, on the right, hell-bent for revolution. And I fear if Hillary Clinton wins the election, and I think she probably will, uh, those folks uh, are not going to take it lying down. So I fear that this thing situation could get even worse after the election than it is now. Well, I think, too, that, okay, well, you see polls tightening. I think there's two reasons. One reason is Republicans that were never Trump Republicans, never Trump, are saying, okay, yeah, maybe I can. Maybe I can. I hate Hillary enough that maybe, maybe I can. No one's going to know. Hey, you know, my kids will never know when I'm in the voting booth that I voted for Donald Trump. I can always say, oh, no, I would never vote. They can always say they would never, never Trump, but still pull the lever for Trump. And the other thing is, I think in the final days of towards running up to the election, is that people want to win, and the candidate that's getting more pushy in some ways seems more appealing. And I think Trump is getting, of course, very, very pushy. He's a dangerous guy. He's an operative Putin. He's a Bolshevik. And there's no doubt in my mind at this point that his influences are uh, from Russia, that he seriously believes that the way you get things done is you start pushing people around. 
And the only reason he hasn't gotten more pushy until now is because at this point, we are still a nation of laws here in the United States. And he wouldn't be successful with that. But you give him a little more power, uh, given the executive office, I think he will have political enemies lists. He will be worse than Richard Nixon. He will be in the, in the Russian camp of... Uh, uh, yeah, of, you know, Mark and I talked about this yesterday, Paul. This Russian thing really concerns me. Uh, he, he, go, he can't bring himself to criticize Vladimir Putin, who's a brutal dictator and in his past life uh, was the head of the Soviet, Soviet secret police. But he can't bear to criticize Putin, goes out of his way uh, to say nice things about him, which makes you wonder. Some people think the reason Trump isn't uh, releasing his taxes is he owes a lot of money to Russians, uh, and he doesn't want to make uh, anybody in Russian financial uh uh, circles unhappy. You know, it reminds me about 20 years ago, there was a movie starring Robin Williams. Uh, it was called uh, Moscow on uh, Moscow on the Hudson. On the Hudson, right. Uh, we're going to have Moscow on the Potomac if Donald Trump wins. Yeah, I, I, I think that's re- uh, really true. If I could quickly uh, mark, re- remark on something from yesterday. Sure, go ahead, Paul. You were talking with, uh, I think the gentleman's name was Max from North Carolina. Yes. Was urging... Just vote for Jill Stein. I have to say, I, I don't know where people get the idea that, uh, first of all, he was saying a protest vote if you're in a safe state, which, as I think you pointed out, what does that mean? But I don't know that Jill Stein bends on hovering wing, uh, 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 that is, hovering angelic wings. I really don't. Uh, she has a one-plank platform, and that is uh, climate change and alternative energies. I think that's important. But the one thing I have to say about Jill Stein, or let me put it in my terms, and to address Max, in 1980, I voted for a guy by the name of John Anderson. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I, had, I was a brand-new voter. I was just turned 21, although I only needed to be 18 at the time, but uh, that was my first presidential election. And I thought, well, what the heck? I wanted to vote for Anderson because I wanted him to get at least 5% of the vote so that he would be eligible for federal election funds when he run in, runs in 1984. And I thought, if, since he's not going to win, we're going to have Carter anyway, so in 84, Anderson can run again. I was one of the 6% of people that helped elect Ronald Reagan. That's the truth of the matter. If I would have been one of the 6% that said, no, I'm not voting for John Anderson, I, 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 he appealed to me. He had a lot of good things to say. But in the meantime, in the intervening, whatever it's been, 36 years, I've realized this, that Jill Stein, who is she counting on to, uh, to, to uh, further her legislative agenda? I think the answer is heavy Democratic domination. That's what makes me call Jill Stein a political parasite. I like what she says, but she's a parasite. She finds herself to be too pure to work within the Democratic Party and make changes there. If she did that, I'd have a whole lot more respect for her. But the people who are saying, you know, vote for Jill Stein because you can vote with a clear conscience. No, you can't. You can't vote. That's not a clear conscience because she's counting on, she would be counting on, Democrats all across not only the U.S. Congress but along uh, state legislatures to accomplish her agenda. The other thing, Paul, is I'm on her press list, so I get all uh, all these press releases. And she went from, you know, before the campaign really went into full swing, talking about the issues to just 
everything was pretty much about Hillary Clinton. Anything that came out with like WikiLeaks, that's her whole Twitter seemed to be filled up with that. And, you know, I respect if she, which she has tweeted out some and, and put out some releases regarding the Dakota Access Pipeline, which, you know, many people uh, disagree with what's going on there right now. You know, if she focused on stuff like that, it would make more sense. But she seems to have focused her entire campaign on trying to just attack Hillary Clinton and peel away enough votes from her uh, for Stein to get what, you know, what she wants, a, you know, a modicum of support in the state she's in the ballot. Yeah, you're, you're right, Mark. And on a couple of occasions... I've seen her, uh, seen or heard her say uh, that, uh, you know, the idea of a uh, Clinton presidency uh, is a lot worse than the prospect of a Trump candidacy. No. That, to me, I, you know, I admire General Jill Stein for the same reason Paul does. I think we need strong, uh, you know, fight to fight uh, uh, climate change. But when she says that... Uh, Hillary Clinton's presidency would be a lot more dangerous than Donald Trump's. Uh, I think she's way off base there. Especially when you're talking about climate change, because if you look at the policies of Hillary Clinton, especially, I mean, look at the detailed policies of where she wants to go as far as building a new clean energy market and having us be, you know, a leader in clean energy. And also, she supports what President Obama did with reducing uh, the carbon footprint we have uh, with the power plants that um, President Obama put uh, together the executive order regarding reducing those emissions massively, but the Supreme Court put that on hold. Obviously, if we get a fifth liberal justice, which Hillary Clinton could put through, those measures could actually be enacted, which would go a long way to reducing our carbon footprint and fighting climate change. So if she really, really, if that's what she cared about, she would be, you know, at least being neutral, if not saying, well, if I don't win, I would support Secretary Clinton as um, Gary Johnson's uh, vice presidential running mate, uh, Bill Weld, has done, which I, you know, greatly respect, not just because he's doing it for Hillary Clinton, the candidate I, I support, but if you listen to his words, he's explaining why and it goes more towards the issues that he believes in. So that's the problem I have with with Stein, yeah. she says she believes in the in, these environmental causes, but you and I both know, we all know, it's either going to be Trump or Clinton, and the president who's going to be a much better president for the environment would clearly be Clinton versus Trump, who has literally said uh, climate change is a Chinese hoax. It's well, insane. Well, Mark, if I could, if I could Go ahead, respond Paul. to, yeah, sure, respond to uh, what Jill Stein has done recently, which you and Brad have mentioned here. This is the same thing, and my reaction is the same to uh, where I have to say I fell out of love with Bernie Sanders in March. And that was when uh, Bernie Sanders um, made a big mistake. It, it cost him, I think it cost him the nomination, because it, it was a mistake in campaigning, and it was a mistake for the party. Is Bernie Sanders, uh, after about mid-March, we never heard free college or, uh, or single-payer health care again. He, he went on a run here in the western states. He won Washington State. And then he went on the attack. And it, not only I think that was a mistake, because what we did not learn, what Bernie Sanders failed to do, was teach, the, was teach us all about what democratic socialism is and how we can achieve it. What he did instead was he went on the attack. It got into a big war of words. It, it just got into a big uh, spitting match, as they say. And we never learned anything more about how to accomplish the, the agenda that Bernie Sanders had in mind. 
You and know, that's, I, the, that's, a, that's a problem with Joe. that, Paul. Uh, and let me say uh, to you what I said to Mac yesterday when Mark and I were talking to him. Uh, right now, uh, if you look at the national polls, about at least 90% of the people who voted for Bernie Sanders are supporting Hillary Clinton. Uh, and so, and you know, all you have to do is look at the national polls. I mean, I'd say that you know, you look at a national poll. Uh, Jill Stein is stuck at two or three percent. Uh, she's probably got half the votes that Gary Johnson does. Uh, but I admire her. Uh, but it's just not realistic uh, that she's uh, that she's going to be president. Uh, again, I admire her stance on a lot of issues, but it really bothers me. Uh, she fears a Hillary Clinton presidency uh, more than a uh, Donald Trump presidency. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. Especially when she says her number one issue is taking care of the environment, and they're so different on that policy. I mean, the, the place she can make a difference is if you had those, those 2 or 3%, it's, I believe, much more likely that if they were going to go to either Trump or Clinton, they would go to Clinton. Um, so... You know, it could swing the race in some key states. I know she, there's a couple states she's not in, but uh, we'll see. We're going to come back after this break with the rest of your calls. The number to join us is 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Rimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We're going to dedicate this final segment to uh, calls as promised. Next we go to uh, Michael in the Bronx. Michael, thanks for joining us. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hi, Mark. Hi, Brad. Hey, Michael. How are you? Ah, outraged. I'm glad you guys aren't surprised at that. First off, it's a doggone miracle by the grace of God. Katie Turr was not physically harmed by any of, if I can say, Trump's henchmen, and if anyone were to lay a hand on her, not only should that SOB be arrested and prosecuted, but also Donald Trump himself. I don't give a rat's rump if he's running for president, if he's wearing a jacket and tie. He is actually behaving like what you guys are called a mob boss, an organized crime in the street gang kind of um, environment that's totally unlawful, unconstitutional, and befits domestic terrorism. I mean, and this just is just one example of the many examples of the criminality of that man, and it makes me so mad that the press, the media, wants to persist on just following his words for bailout, crooked Hillary, crooked Hillary, not a damn crooked thing coming from Hillary, but we see a lot of crookedness coming from Trump and company. It gets me so scared, gentlemen, that I, this is a guy, that this well, is a guy. good reason to be scared, Michael. Huh? There's good reason to be scared, Michael. And, you know, I just told the previous caller, and I do believe this, if Hillary Clinton wins the election, uh, I think she will. I think you're going to see an escalation of uh, violence from Trump supporters because they're going to be angry and frustrated. Uh, so, well, sadly, I think that. there's going to be more uh, There's going to be more violence after the election than there is now even, which is very troubling. Well, there is a way to maybe put that 
to a halt or minimize that. And that is, and I would be the first to suggest it, perhaps we need to hear an official word from the Justice Department who should be investigating Comey, who should be investigating um, Trump, his um, political ties to Vladimir Putin, and even the congressional Republicans, because I do recall it was them that brought Putin into the U.S. to address the Republican Congress, much to the objections to the Democrats and I think, objections to I don't think that was Obama. Mike, I don't think that was Putin. Huh? I don't think that was, not to take away from your points, I think that was Netanyahu, not not Putin. Um, oh, oh, oh but, my apologies. I see, I got the two of them mixed up. That's how no worries, no worries. Uh, Michael, but, I think your points are well taken, though. I'm, I'm also been very concerned in the last few days regarding the escalations of violence you saw, um, you know, at a Trump rally, one of the supporters screaming, USA. Uh, at the press pen, you had Lugan press being shouted at the press pen, which was a term used in Nazi Germany directed at the press. Um, we've seen escalations of this. And you know what? We have power to stop it. You know how we do it? We vote. We volunteer. You know, I'm volunteering for Secretary Clinton's campaign again this weekend. I'm going to be actually driving because I'm in Buffalo uh, to Pennsylvania to canvas. You spread her message is stronger together and she wants to bring people into the fold. And that is how we do it. We put the right people in positions of power and people who want to uh you know, do violence upon others, then you use, then law enforcement is where, you know, that steps in. And that's how we do it. That's the power that we have. Because if you have this mob rule, imagine if you have Trump not just campaigning, but actually in the highest office in the land to do whatever he wants, wielding his power and a Republican Congress and Senate uh, as the only checks and balances. And then a, a Republican or conservative Supreme Court, uh, it would be a very dark day in America. And these next six days are crucial for people to get out and vote and get to the polls, do early voting if you can to stop this. Um, it's the most vital election I've ever seen in, in my lifetime. Um, I want to go next just due to time to uh, Reggie in Georgia. Reggie, go ahead with your thoughts. Thank you. How you doing, guys? Yeah, go ahead with your thoughts, you Reggie. Today? All right. Uh, well, how do you feel about this guy who burnt this church down, this black historical black church down and hasn't been caught yet because he sprayed painted you know, Trump, I guess, on it. Vote for Trump on the on the thing after he burned it down or before he burned it down. Well, we'll have to find out, uh, you know, who the person is that did it. Apparently the police are speaking with uh, a person of interest, as they called it. And, um, you know, until then, you know, we can only speculate, obviously, the fact that the person spray-painted that message on the church and the fact that it was historically black church, um, you know, could lend to a motive, obviously. But um, until we have a suspect in custody and the police question them, you know, it is just uh, pure speculation. Uh, due to time, we're going to go to our next call We've got Scott in uh, Ithaca. Scott, thank you for joining us. Go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, I think, did we lose Scott, Andrew? Okay, we're going to go to uh, Felix in New Mexico. Felix, go ahead. Hey, uh, hey Mark, uh, uh, I, I think you guys know me. I'm calling from New Mexico, and I'm, I'm from Sri Lanka. Hey, yeah, and, Felix, hey, I, I remember. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, hey, I have a, a prediction for you guys, and I've been in this country since 1985, and there is, there is always violence in Sri Lankan election. I think for the first time in my life, I will see violence in this country after the election, though. This is my prediction, I fear though. you're right. I'm very worried about that. And if uh, Hillary Clinton wins, I hope, first of all, that Donald Trump concedes and, you know, is, you know, realizes he's a, 
you know, lost because of the voters, uh, and he condemns any attempt by his uh, supporters to retaliate uh, against uh, Clinton victory. Uh, thank you, Felix. Uh, next, we're going to go briefly to uh, Manny. Manny, we've got just under a minute. Go ahead with your thoughts briefly, please. I was wondering why nobody's talking about this kid who was told he couldn't have a Confederate flag at a football game. That he went out and killed two cops. If he was a black man, I think right now it would be everywhere. Oh, it would be. Are you kidding me? Yeah, in Iowa, the two, two police officers, God rest their souls, who were murdered today uh, in Iowa by a man who reportedly took a Confederate flag to a like, local high school football game and during the national anthem tried to wave it uh, and shout things about how, you know, blaming Black Lives Matter for different problems. So uh, definitely a double standard, it seems. A very good point, Manny. This is Mark Romali and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Leslie will be back live tomorrow. Have a great evening. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.